music is enough for a lifetime, but a lifetime is not enough for music. And I think that sums up, at least psychologically, my work in music. It will never be finished, and I will never have enough time to know what I want to know and to be able to contribute what I possibly could. So I keep working at it. Woohoo! Stevie Wayne, digging into the Wayne Manor archives. Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Stephen Wayne. Thank you very much, studio guy. And again, here we are inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends. Dip it into the Wayne Manor archives. This would be volume two. The first one was a lot of fun. In case you're just checking this one out and you haven't listened to number one, well, we talked to Maynard Jesus Keenan. We talked to James Hetfield and we talked to Corey Taylor. Well, as I mentioned in the last archival episode, myself, Stephen Wayne, have done a lot of interviews over my 30 years in radio. And I am not done yet, but all of those interviews are stored inside the Wayne Manor archives. So I figured, why let them just sit there? Why not share them with all of you? <laughs> in this episode, we chat with three more rock stars from three of the most successful bands in the world. One guy, as a matter of fact, broke off from a very successful band and went solo. We'll check in with him in just a couple of seconds. And then we will chat and we will reminisce about our brothers from Bakersfield, California, the band known as Korn, one of my all-time favorites, and they have a special little place in my heart. And you wanted the best, you got the best. We will talk to a member of the mighty Kiss! And speaking of Kiss, this gentleman may have borrowed a thing or two from Kiss and Ozzy and all the bands that came before him. He was in a very successful band by the name of White Zombie, and then he broke off on his own. This guy has covered the gamut. He's a great musician, he's a great writer, he's a great illustrator, he's a great author, and he's a great movie director. This guy does it all, and yes, he has a residence in the lovely state of Connecticut. Well, because his wife is from Plainville. <laughs> Sherry. Woo! Now! Let's get this underway with Mr. Rob Zombie and the aforementioned White Zombie inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends from the Wayne Manor Archives, Volume 2. And we start with a song that made my California countdown was in the 500s because he just happened to be in town the night I was putting the list together. That's for another episode. <laughs> I give to you Go to California from the Sinister Urge. Thank you so very much for subscribing and thank you so very much for just checking this out. I dig his sentiment right here. Come on, Mr. Z, come on! Bye. 
and gentlemen, here's the Inside Wayne Manor band leader, it's Buckethead. That right there is my man, Buckethead, like studio guy just said. How you doing, brother? Woohoo! And look at this. He is giving us selections from Pike number 64 Aquarium. And a little later on, I'll tell you where you can score all of your own pikes and get all of what makes Buckethead one of the greatest guitar players on the planet today. I'll tell you about that coming up a little later on. But you just heard Mr. Rob Zombie with White Zombie and that song right there is Supercharger Heaven from one of my top 10 albums of all time, Astro Creep 2000. I love that album. We also heard Let It All Bleed Out, and on that track, I think that's Mr. Tommy Lee. I asked Mr. Rob Zombie once about that, and he kind of just shrugged his shoulders, and we got everything underway with Go To California. Speaking of Mr. Rob Zombie, I've done interviews with him over the phone, in person, and the last interview I did with him was at a casino in Connecticut, Mohegan Sun. I think he was touring with Alice Cooper. Either way, I couldn't find that interview. But believe me, I've got enough audio to keep us busy on Mr. Rob Zombie. White Zombie was how we first noticed Mr. Rob Zombie. So White Zombie broke up, and so during one of my phone interviews with him, I asked him if that would be a problem if someone recognized him from White Zombie and really didn't know his solo work. I wouldn't normally think that, but like, if some kid's like 15, you know, White Zombie was, had broken up as a band when the kid was like eight or something, so he doesn't remember it. So there's always confusion, like, was he in that band and what song should I listen to? And as we did from Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and Friends from the Wayne Manor Archives, Volume 1, with James Hetfield and Mr. Manor Jesus Keenan and Corey Taylor, we did a little song association. This time we did it with Rob Zombie. I'm gonna give you a couple of song titles really quick and just tell me what they mean to Rob Zombie right now. And Okay, Dragula. Uh, Dragula is always a really important song to me because that was the first song that I did without White Zombie where I knew everything was banking on that song in a sense because when, I, when White Zombie broke up and I said, oh, I'm going to go on by my, by my own, I know the, the general attitude was like, this will never work, this will be a disastrous, he's, he's an idiot, he should never leave. Because, you know, White Zombie fell apart at our biggest moment. So that... You know, for that when that song came out and became a hit, and 
and worked. It was, you know, it was, it was great. It was the greatest moment because it proved that there was life after, you know, more human than human. And another one of my favorite uh, solo ones of yours, Scum of the Earth. Yeah, Scum of the Earth is a funny one. That was one, um, actually wrote that for Mission Impossible 2, I think, mm-hmm. that first appeared in that movie. And that was written really quick. And um, I remember doing the, the song. We, we had finished the song, and there was something about it that, that I didn't like. Something didn't work. I was like, it's kind of cool, but it's, it doesn't really rock. And then uh, Josh Fries, a really terrific drummer, came in, and he played a new drum track to it. And then suddenly the song totally rocked. If I were pressed to pick one of my favorite Rob Zombie solo songs, it would be Scum of the Earth. More of my interviews with Mr. Rob Zombie coming up in a bit. We will also feature some of my interviews from the boys from Bakersfield, California, and the hottest band in the land, <laughs> in the world. But right now, ooh, scum, baby, inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends from the Wayne Manor Archives, volume two.
Hey, this is Rob Zombie, and you're chilling with my brother Stephen Wayne on The Rock 106.9 WCCC. There's a whole thing with that that I don't understand. <laughs>
there is my brother, Mr. Rob Zombie in Phantom Stranger, also Scum of the Earth. Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends from the Wayne Manor Archives, Volume 2. Yes, I proclaim to be Ozzy Osbourne's son. So does he. So that technically would make us brothers. Is there any proof to that? Well, Ozzy doesn't deny it. <laughs> so I asked Mr. Zombie once, to tell me about his very first meeting with dear old dad, the Prince of Darkness, Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. I don't even remember why I was meeting. It was very early on. I mean, it was 95 maybe or something. And I went over to his house, not the house that they had on the TV show, The Osbournes, but the house they lived in before that, the one next door to Pat Boone. And it was great. You know, I'd always loved Ozzy, loved Black Sabbath. And uh, it was just me and Ozzy in his house. And he played me the entire album he had made with Mark Hudson that was very Beatles sounding. And it's never been released, but it, it was fantastic. Longevity is a very big thing. I have been blessed to have two jobs and a lot of longevity. One of those jobs is the Department of Transportation in Connecticut. I worked for 37 years and I've had a 30 plus year career in radio. So when these newer artists become seasoned veterans, I ask them, what is the secret to their continuous popularity? I've always tried to do everything based upon like what I like and how I think it should be and never trying to give in to like what's hip and what's cool and what's the thing of the moment or what someone says I should do. That's probably what results in, you know, still like everything's been platinum or multi-platinum. I mean, it's, it's been amazing. And I think that maybe the fans know that. They never feel like they're being cheated. My thanks to Mr. Rob Zombie. He hates doing interviews, but hey, listen, when you're a big rock star and you got a new album out or you're a big time director and you've got a new movie out, you got to pimp your product, man. So you got to know where to go. And I've always been honored that he has made a stop and made some time for me. So I greatly appreciate it, Mr. Zombie. Now, Buckethead, pick up your acoustic guitar because I need some very quiet music. I want to share a story that's very important to me about the next band and the next set of interviews we are going to get into inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends from the Wayne Manor Archives, Volume 2. I think you all know me well enough to know how I feel about this next band. I know a lot of people can take credit for a lot of things, but I know one thing for sure. I can take credit for being the first DJ in the world to introduce you to this band right here. That is what made The Rock 106.9 WCCC a legendary station. We are going to talk about that legend a little later on because this band's been with us for a long, long time. I introduced you to a band from Bakersfield, California. When I got this DAT tape, this DAT tape, I listened to the very first song and I heard something that I had never heard before. And I'll tell you what, I don't think I've heard it since. It was a completely new sound. Not to bore you with the details, but I will tell you that there is no band that has a place in my heart like this band right here. Oh, and I'm not the only one. Coming up in just a few minutes, we are going to get our high five from the hive from Spinning Unrest. And I'm sure Beeb will be gushing about this band right here because he loves them. And he's had quite a few encounters with this band during our run on terrestrial radio with Wayne Manor. So without further ado, we will get into some of my interviews over the years with Jonathan Davis. But right now, I love this fucking song right here. It is on. This is fucking corn 
Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends from the Wayne Manor Archives, Volume 2.
Hey, this is Jonathan. This is Monk. This is David. Billy. And we're from Corn. You're hanging inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne.
what's up? This is Head from Corn inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne. from the Wayne Manor Archives Volume 2. And the one thing that I can tell you that I have learned in my long life is never to forget where you came from. And yes, even though I'm from Connecticut, relocated to California, I will tell you this right now, never ever forget where you came from. The Rock 106.9 WCCC was such an important radio station. Bands like Korn would not be around if it weren't for that radio station. Stephen Wayne would not be around if it weren't for that radio station. So both of us owe The Rock 106.9 WCCC quite a bit, don't you think? Yeah, we do. Our entire careers, as a matter of fact. You just heard a little corn giving you right now, here to stay, and it's on. Now, 
some of my excerpts from some of my interviews over the years with Jonathan Davis. I love talking to Jonathan Davis. I love talking to intelligent rock stars. And going back to my very first statement, don't forget where you come from. Oh, they know that if it weren't for The Rock 106.9 WCCC, they probably would not have the career they have had. So they have always been gracious to our radio station then and even with the world headquarters of Rock, irockradio.com. Jonathan Davis, I love talking to him. Over the years, we have talked about longevity like we did earlier with Mr. Rob Zombie. So to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Corn. Back in 2004, I asked him about 10 years of corn. Well, I had no clue. I just know at the time when we were doing the band that I'd, I loved doing what I was doing and I'd hope it lasts forever. This last 10 years, I'm happy, but we never had any idea it would get like this, you know? And then a few years later, I asked him after all the band has been through, how the band has grown. Well, we've grown leaps and bounds from the times we be- when, we, when we began. We were just little kids. We were just having fun making music. I mean, nothing's really changed. We're still a bunch of little kids. We're just older. You know, from doing it for so long, you just hit this next level, I guess. And we're set in our ways and know what we do and, and know how to do what we do well. I will also tell you that there are few bands that have the devotion to the band that Korn fans have. They love Korn. And don't think for one minute that the guys in the band, including Jonathan Davis, don't realize it. I think because for one, we're very, very good to our fans. Two, they can really relate, and we're a band that evokes emotion that kids can latch onto, that can, you know, we, we bring out emotion. When you listen to Corn, you feel something, so they can, they latch onto it. We're just really good to them, and, and they relate and, and find hope in us, I guess. And we really, really appreciate them and, and, and try and do what we can, you know, to help them out and, and, and be a good band and keep making good music for them. If you are a Corn fan, that right there should make you feel good, man. I love talking to Jonathan Davis. Thank you, Jonathan Davis, always for being such a great interview and always finding the time to sit down and chat with me. Now, the past couple of years have kind of been a resurgence for Corn, and I think that one of my favorite people on the planet and one of my favorite drummers on the planet has given Korn new life, Mr. Ray Luzier. Let me tell you, when we heard the Serenity of Suffering, I know, being a Korn fan, I was like, yes, Korn is truly back. And with this song in particular, Rotting in Vain, we are inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends. And some of my friends from Spinning Unrest are gonna give you a high five coming up in just a bit, but this would be Rotting in Vain. We are doing it from the Wayne Manor Archives, volume two.
Hey, this is Jonathan Davis from Corn inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne.
five. Good looking out, buddy. High five. Yeah! So Stump knows how to Facebook Marketplace now, apparently. <laughs> he does, yeah. He does. It's a great skill. So uh, And it's, haggle. It's <laughs> haggle. It's the three of us once again inside Wayne Manor. This is your high five from the hive, and I bought the crew back with me this week. Hey-oh. I just think it's more fun when all three of us do it together. Hey, guys. Especially because this way I don't forget uh. to do it. There was a couple... Saturday mornings where I would get the message from S-Dub. Where the fuck's your shit? Like, dude, we're going to press. What the fuck? So this week, Wayne Man or Stephen Wayne, he's doing another from the vault thing. And I love these. He gets down, you know, goes back into the classics, stuff like that. And what he'll usually do is give me a list of bands. A choice. A choice of bands. Some good, and good, shit. Some good, good shit. But one of the bands that caught my eye right away for a couple of reasons that we're going to get to really quick. And uh, my favorite reason has to do with Stump, and we'll get to that yes. last. Um, corn. Now I don't think we we might have played corn in like the cover. Yes, we have. In we our show, Twist, uh, yeah, we played. Yeah. A we throw back up. We played word up as a cover and tri- twist the transistor. Oh yeah, yes. but by the way, for I, sure. I'm the beef stump rev, and uh, yeah, we played word up. We played twist the transistor and a throwback. Corn was huge back in the day of Wayne Manor. I mean, fucking huge. They were like, oh yeah, they were. Massive. I think they were tier one, right? Definitely. So now you were saying that you. I've seen corn probably. 20 times mm-hmm. and never on purpose. I've never explicitly went to see Corn. They were always on a lineup with somebody else that I wanted to see. Right. However, with that being said, Corn's live performance never disappointed. Ever, they dude. Brought they the always fucking dude, they, they brought the energy. Always. Always. And uh, for me, the thing that I always remember best about Corn was at Wayne Manor one night, and it was at the point in my career, and I think you were at that point too, where we had met so many rock stars. It was just like, eh. It was you know, normal. You realize that they were just regular they people. They were just regular people. With stinky dreadlocks. But when Stephen Wayne told me Saturday that the next week, Corn was coming in, yeah. the whole band, to actually record with us, yeah. I got a little... That was like the yeah. last time. <laughs> they, I was, was a little excited. This was probably at their height, too. It they was, too. Huge. It was right before See You on the Other Side came out, which turned out to be one of their biggest albums. And the timing of their visit was, as I said, the album hadn't come out yet. Uh, we were playing Twisted Transistor, because that was like the lead single. And as soon as the band came in, we started talking to him a little bit. And and the goal of S-Dub and I was to get the whole album from them early because we wanted to... We had pirated the album. Yes, we did. Yeah, and we wanted... But you, you got to be careful in FM radio. Like, we had... The, and you and I were playing it on No Name because yeah. we didn't go... Nobody fuck. cared. Nobody listened. But S-Dub had to be careful what he yeah. played. So we asked them, could we get an early release? You know, could we this? And I clearly remember Jonathan Davis saying, no. You get Twisted Transistor, and that's it. You get nothing, no. and you like it. Exactly, with that attitude. This is my ball, and I'm going home. So after we recorded with them, they had a meet and greet thing downstairs. Yeah. We had a couple winners in to go, and I actually had a pirated version <laughs> yeah. that we that Rev and I got off Pirate Bay of See You on the Other Side. I had also done a nice cover, fake pirated cover, yep. and I yep. held it up to Stephen Wayne, and I said, you think Jonathan Davis will sign this? He said, dude, there is no fucking way in hell that Jonathan Davis is going <laughs> to... So I get in the line, get the Jonathan Davis. He looks up at me. This is Jonathan Davis. He's yeah. a pretty big rock star yeah. at that time. And he knew who I was. He knew I was on the right. crew. I'd been producing the show. And he looks up at me, and I hand him the CD. He takes it from me very gently, looks at it for about, I don't know, three seconds, and says, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you shot your shot, though. I shot my shot. But for us, we just wanted to say that the reason we wanted to p- get that album pirated 
or get that album legit so we could play was to play this song, which was a deeper cut on See You on the Other Side. This one's called Coming Undone. It's live from the hive. High five from the hive. Yeah. High five from... It's not live. Yeah. Hi, Wayne Manor. Love you, Estep. Love you. It's not live. High five. I get it mixed up. They're all right. Keep holding on when my brain's ticking like a bomb. Gets the black box to come. right now man that was coming undone from corn before that from their album the nothing their latest that song fucking kicks ass and if it's got ray it gets some play the song is called harder and rotting in vain from corn kind of their comeback song 
Ray Luzier, love that guy. Ray, how you doing? Love you, you're the best, man. But, sorry Ray, we gotta talk about a few other things. I have so many thoughts I wanna squeeze in here. First and foremost, The Rock 106.9 WCCC. It was the fucking greatest radio station in the world. We were so big at one point, we could've gotten any rock star in that studio to either perform or do an interview while they were coming through Connecticut, whether they were stopping for a show or not. And it was all in part to the legend, Mike Caroli one of the greatest music directors of all time in radio. And the great part about it is we would think of some special feature where the whole band got involved with being on the air at the Rock 106.9 WCCC. Like with Korn, we did Korn Radio. We would let the bands come in, we would talk about their new album, and we would let them play whatever they wanted. That's right, whatever they wanted. Some of the guys in the band would go, ah, they would play the normal stuff. Jonathan Davis, though, said, I want to hear Cannibal Corpse. Bam! There you go. Cannibal Corpse on the Rock 106.9 WCCC during Corn Radio. Now, Spinning Unrest, their high five from the hive was coming undone. One of their favorite tracks. But believe it or not, when we did Corn Radio, Monkey and Fieldy both agreed with Spinning Unrest and on the album See You on the Other Side, their favorite track was also Coming Undone. Before we talk about Twisted Transistor, See You on the Other Side is the name of the new record. All four of you collectively, you gotta have like favorite tracks on the record beside Twisted Transistor. If you look at the record and you say, God, that track just gives me wood every time I hear it or every time we play it, for four individuals, which tracks would that be? For me, a song called Coming Undone just got a great a beat, it's like an anthem, really yeah. strong. The guitar work is brilliant. Really? <laughs> um, I'm with Monk, I like Coming Undone. That's a good song. It's a great song. Fat song. David? Can't say just one song, there's a few, I love them all. He's politically correct. Grabs it as a whole. See? Like, like that. Like it as a whole. Like it as a whole. Dude. That was Monkey and Fieldy on Corn Radio on the Rock 106.9 WCCC for the release of See You on the Other Side. Yes, they loved Coming Undone. And then years later, I posed the question to Jonathan Davis. I go, man, your catalog is huge. Tell me one of your favorite songs. And he said, Coming Undone. And I said, why? We had a whole bunch of uh, big marching bass drums, concert bass drums, foot stomping, and then for the claps, it was uh, two, by two by fours, different gloves. kinds of gloves, regular hand claps. It was a whole process of making that beat. It was really fun and involved a lot of people. There is Korn's love and spinning and rest love for coming undone. Not my favorite Korn song, but hey, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. We're not done with spinning unrest yet. Speaking of my favorite corn song, but during corn radio on the Rock 106.9 WCCC, I asked the entire band about their signature song. I mean, do you guys like still get that hard on when you hear Blind on the radio? I mean, that was like the first song that you guys came out with and that's how we discovered you guys. I mean, does it still give you that charge when you hear it? I think it does when we play it live. When you hear it tonight, I'm <laughs> playing that song. Yeah, but when we, when we hear cool. it though, it's, it's, exciting. it's exciting when we're exciting. home driving around and we come on the radio, it's always good. Yeah, the recording brings back a lot of memories. Nice. And my thanks, as always, to the band Korn. 
We've had a long road together and I hope it continues on. We were with them since day one. I know I was and we continue to support them and I continue to support them. I love Korn, one of my favorite bands of all time. Thank you in particular to Jonathan Davis. Every time I sit down with Jonathan Davis, he remembers, oh yeah, you. You were the first guy to play blind. Didn't you get fined for it? And I went, yeah, I did. <laughs> One of our managers at WCCC said that was Satan music and it wouldn't be played on our radio station. <laughs> Not too smart on his part. <laughs> we ended up winning. <laughs> Anyways, again, thank you to Jonathan Davis, man for always taking the time to chat and being so gracious. And also, thank you to Ray Luzier. He sparked new life into that band and that band is going better than ever. Thanks to you, Ray. <laughs> now let's get back to spinning unrest for a minute. Let me just say this. I am so very proud of all of them at spinning unrest. Just to think that Beeve and Rev came from my classroom at the broadcasting school, oh man, and were my interns and soon producers and co-producers of Wayne Manor, our syndicated program. Let me tell you something. I am very, very proud of all that Spinning Unrest has accomplished. And I feel partially responsible. And I love me some beef. <laughs> Anyways, Beef's son, Stumpy, or Ethan, back in the day, made his debut at the tender age of six years old on the airwaves of The Rock 106.9 WCCC. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was a birthday gift to me. Ethan, or Stumpy as he's come to be known, did a little cover version of my favorite corn song. But let his father and the Rev and Stumpy uh, fill you in on, hmm, twist and finally the last memory and i think this is collectively our favorite corn memory so and, and mail it mail it to s dub and i hope s dub works it in before we get into i the hope song. so too so stump give us your memory on it i know you probably don't remember it but you had instant radio cred at yes six years old yeah i was one of the uh premier remixers slash coverers <laughs> of is that, twist is that what we're calling it yeah i was featured on a remix. At six years old. Oh, and, and received it was fire. It was fire. I don't think many other people have received airtime at six years old. I don't think so, dude. And not so, only received airtime, but we got so much good feedback from Stump's version of Twist that we played it multiple times, and Stephen Wayne even played it years on, later. Years later. So before we get to Stumpy's rendition of one of my favorite corn songs, I am here to tell you that we are about to get into the final segment of Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and Friends from the Wayne Manor Archives, Volume 2. And it indeed is a special one. One of my favorite moments in my radio career. As a child, I idolized this band, as did most guys my age and my generation. And still today, we will talk more about this band. And we will share some of the portions of my interview with one of its founding members. But before we get to that band, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you my man, Stump, and his version of Twist. Take it away, Stumpy, Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends from the Wayne Manor Archives, Volume 2. 
Many of you that are my age love KISS. Don't deny it, because you know you do. We are all charter members of the KISS Army. Come on! I still have my original KISS Army card somewhere. I walk around wearing KISS shirts. KISS Army shirt, KISS logo shirt, KISS Destroyer shirt. I got a ton of KISS shirts. We love KISS. And when songs like that come on the air or we listen to them, it brings us back to our childhood because back then we loved this band. I can remember going to see KISS at the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut in 1977. Fuck yeah! So I pulled Beave and I pulled Mike Caroli before I put all this together and I asked them their favorite KISS songs. and. I will tell you that I have never gotten such a quick response from either of those two guys. <laughs> so the songs you just heard from KISS, including God of Thunder, Strutter, and Detroit Rock City, made their lists. Now I asked Beep for five, he of course gave me five. I asked Mike Caroli for five, he gave me like 30. <laughs> and I will tell you that one of my all-time favorite interviews at the Rock 106.9 WCCC came very quickly. They were rehearsing at the Meadows Music Theater in Hartford. Kiss and Aerosmith were on tour together. Mike Caroli called me and he said, hey, can you interview Paul Stanley? And I said, fuck yeah. Got to the station. He had already interviewed Gene Simmons. I sat down on the phone with Mr. Paul fucking Stanley from Kiss. Come on. <laughs> Woo! So we have more. Great music coming your way from KISS, keep it simple, stupid, or Knights in Satan's service. <laughs> but excerpts from my interview with Mr. Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley, you're looking at your almost 30 plus career. What are some of your favorite KISS songs and KISS albums? Well, you know, over the years, it seems that without even giving it much uh, thought, more songs seem to come from Destroyer into the live show than any other album. So you wind up with Detroit Rock City, God of Thunder, Shout It Out Loud, Beth, um, King of the Nighttime World. So that might, you know, I, I don't know that it's my favorite album, but it's certainly my favorite group of songs that have worked into the live show. And um, 
again, those are some of my favorite songs. Love Gun, I guess you'd have to include in there. And uh, um, I Want You. There, there, there's like so many. And then, you know, then you've got the 80s, which we tend to gloss over, which is pretty funny because um, people go, well, you know, the 80s, that was like not so cool. But in the 80s, we sold 15 million albums. You know, with things like Heaven's on Fire and Lick It Up and things like that. Where does the inspiration come after all these years to keep writing such successful songs? I think inspiration is all about loving what you do. And as soon as an audience or the people who like what you do see that you're not liking it, they're not going to like it. And, uh, you know, it's no secret. I'm, I'm a lucky son of a bitch. You know, I'm up there doing what I love doing. And, uh, you know, nobody says that it's ever easy, but it's the best it's the best job in the world as far as I'm concerned. And I've got the second best job because I'm talking to Paul Stanley from KISS right here on The Rock 106.9 WCCC. KISS, you guys pretty much wrote the book on pyrotechnics and having the big show. That was really big 70s, early 80s, but bands got away from that for you know for some time, and now it's all of a sudden it's coming back. I mean, do you guys feel that it, the big show, like you guys always have had, is necessary to kind of be an enhancement for the music? Well, you know, look at it this way. If you went into a, a grocery store and you paid a lot of hard-earned money and they gave you like a big empty bag, you'd be pretty un unhappy about it. And I don't see any reason why anybody should go to a concert and pay top dollar and go, I paid for this. You know, it's, it's, it's unfair. And I think KISS has always been a wake-up call to America that there's no reason that anybody should give you less than your money's worth and you're doing them a favor being there not the band doing you a favor and that's sometimes what what gets a little little mixed up paul stanley you and gene simmons are the stones of kiss man you guys started it you guys have still been with it i mean you've had ace in the band tommy thayer replaced ace what happened to ace Ace a couple of years ago i mean this has been ongoing for years ace is always you know i don't know we I don't know that he was ever really um, 100% happy to be doing this. And over the years, it just became, you know, more difficult. And a couple of years ago, he really said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, it, it's really not fair to the fans or to the band to have somebody there who really doesn't want to be there. And, uh, you know, better to have somebody like Tommy, who, who actually sat with Ace for the reunion tour and refreshed Ace's memories of the parts, you know, the guitar parts. Tommy is, like, awesome. I mean, anybody who has heard, you know, Kiss Symphony Alive 4 or was at the shows in Australia or Las Vegas or Japan or any of these shows, I mean, the band has never been better, and the band looks and sounds exactly the way it should. And better to have a team where everybody is running, you know, the, you know, the touchdown in the same direction than somebody not. I mean... I respect the audience way too much to compromise, you know, because there's that saying, a chain's only as strong as its weakest link. Well, there's no room for weak links. Mm -hmm. Correct. Well, and, and that being said, you know, if Ace thinks, you know, that what he wants is success on his own, then I hope he has that success. But, you know, Kiss, Kiss has been going way too long to let that stand in the way. And a couple of years ago, we just decided, you know, that... You know that, that we needed to move on, and uh, I'm telling you, the the band is just the band is is brutal. I mean, the band's never been better. 
And it's still KISS 100%. Multi-gazillion dollar radio station and our phone connections always sucked. (laughs) Who gives a fuck, man? I'm talking to Paul Stanley. Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends from the Wayne Manor Archive Volume 2. We'll continue with Paul Stanley, but... Here's something you don't hear from KISS every day and probably won't ever on terrestrial radio or pay radio. This is Parasite from Hotter Than Hell. I gotta go get some grease paint.
care what anybody says, that's a great fucking song right there. I love Shout It Out Loud from, I think, collectively everyone's favorite Kiss album just because of the artwork and the music on the album. It's just a great album, Destroyer. God damn it. From our second favorite album collectively, Love Gun, one of our favorite songs. And you ask any guitar player that you know, including one Dimebag Daryl, he will tell you that Shock Me is one of their favorite songs from one of their favorite guitar players, Space Ace Freely. The iconic Shock Me. And before that, from the album Hotter Than Hell, damn. Parasite. What a great song. I could go on about Kiss forever, but I want to wrap up my conversation from back in the day at the Rock 106.9 WCCC with Mr. Paul Stanley. Back in 2003, this interview took place, and I got to tell you, man, I've always loved Kiss because they always find a nugget in the musical world. They were always famous for bringing bands on tour with them for the first time and introducing you to new bands. That's very, very cool. And at this point in 2003, they were even thinking of retiring. <laughs> See how that worked out for them? So I asked Paul Stanley about retirement and bringing new bands on the road with well, them. Well, you know something? We, we thought a couple of years ago there was a fair, you know, that we were saying farewell. But it, it hit us like a ton of bricks that we're not ready to pack it in. We're, we're, we're you know, we're going to be out there as long as we can do it better than everybody else. And uh, there's no plans on going home. We've got a history of taking bands out on their first tours. We took out ACDC, we took out Judas Priest, we took out Iron Maiden, we took out Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, um, Nugent, um, Mellencamp, um, Tom Petty, Bob Seger. So, you know, to us, it's about love and music. And, uh, you know, any band that would be out there with us, they get a chance to go out there and, uh, you know, do what they do best and hopefully they learn a whole lot and hopefully the audience loves them. Thank you very much, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Freely, and Peter Chris. Thank you, not only for kicking ass, thank you for the music, but also thank you very much for being a part of not only my radio career, but my musical career as well. Thank you for sparking something inside of me that drove me to pick up a pair of drumsticks and start playing. Thank you very, very much for all that you have done for all of us over the years. Thank you so very much. I will forever be a member of the KISS Army until the day I die. Yeah! Also, thank you to Mike Caroli. Thank you very much because all of these interview snippets and all of these interviews that we do inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends and from the Wayne Manor archives, none of it could have happened without you. So thank you so very much. And that picture with you, me, and Sexy Rexy with KISS, will always hang no matter where I am. Love me some Mike Caroli, and I love me some Beave, G52 The Rev, and Stumpy from Spinning Unrest. Check out their podcast as well, and don't forget, I have a very little slice on their podcast as well. Special feature called Manor Mayhem. Thanks to those guys as well. Thank you very much to Studio Guy for being the other voice. 
Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne in France. And thank you very much to my band leader. He's not playing this song right here. This is the love theme from Kiss from their first album, but he suggested it. So thank you to my man Buckethead and check out all of his great music and all of his pikes at bucketheadpikes.com. And thanks to you. Thank you very much for checking out this podcast and thank you very much for subscribing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to close out with a song that we all agree is one of our favorite Kiss songs. And then I want to share a Wayne Manor ID, as it's called, from the great Mr. Craig Gass. His impressions are second to none, including Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Once again, thank you so very much for being a part of all of this with me, and I look forward to doing this again with all of you. From the Wayne Manor Archives, Volume 2 is closed. Here is Calling Dr. Love from KISS. Ah-ha! Peace!
Hi, this is Paul Stanley. And this is Gene Simmons from KISS. And you are inside Wayne Manor, a wonderful place to be for a KISS fan. Why? Because the way that you got in here is with the secret password that you got with the KISS goggles from KISSonline.com. By the way, there are more goodies and toys available at KISS Online. Go to KISSonline.com and use your KISS credit card. Everything inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends can be found at www.insidewaynemanor.com. Episodes, playlists, contacts, social media, and more. All inside waynemanor.com. I'm Studio Guy, and you can reach me at studioguy.net because some assholes got the .com. Well, I really like this show tonight. At these prices, who's going to complain? <laughs>